Welcome to a new episode of the Tez Scotland podcast. Each month we talk about our latest long reads on an important and compelling aspect of Scottish education. This time I'll be talking with senior reporter Emma Seath about her new piece on a fast-growing maths qualification and whether it's a game-changer for the subject. So, Emma, if we just can maybe take a little bit of look, little bit of a look at the context first. Could you tell us about general attitudes to maths and this idea of maths anxiety that, that you've uh, got in your piece? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, I suppose maybe something to do initially would be to kind of quantify it, you know. So there was quite a handy piece of research that was conducted in May this year. Um, and it found that, you know, sort of despite the fact that we've known for some time that this mass anxiety has been an issue for a while, it found that of the almost 6,500 primary and secondary students surveyed, 45% said they felt nervous or anxious about mass and 38% said they felt more nervous about maths than any other subject. So then I guess the question is, well, where does that come from? Um, and the theory is that it's about maths being associated with speech, you know, so that you've not just got to get the answer right, but you've got to get there fast. Um, and, that, and that the answer is either right or wrong and that there's not really sort of so much of a middle ground. Um, and so in order to kind of address that, there have been you know, sort of pushes in more recent times um, towards letting people explore maths a bit more and see it more of a creative subject where the wrong answer isn't necessarily like a heinous crime, but a way of getting to the right answer and you learn from your mistakes. Um, so, so, so this is the kind of idea that's, um, you know, sort of that's grown up around this idea of maths anxiety, people feeling nervous about the subject, people not liking the subject. And it's, you know, sort of thought to be in relation to this idea of speed and it's either a right or a wrong answer. Yeah, and I think a lot of people recognise it. Certainly one of my daughters when she was very little suddenly announced out of nowhere that she wasn't a maths person. And I, <laughs> I was straight away on top of that. I said, no, 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 no. Of course she could be a maths person. I'm sure that's a conversation lots of parents have had. Um, so it was quite interesting in Scotland uh, back in 2016, there was a big report about maths in Scotland. Could you tell us a bit about what it said and whether it's had much of an impact since? Yeah, so this was the Making Maths Count um, group, which reported in 2016, and it was chaired by Maureen McKenna. Uh, she was the Director of Education in Glasgow and um, was herself a maths teacher. Um, and she had a really in powerful introduction to that report. I'm just going to, if you just indulge me for a sure, second, I'll sure. just read it to you because it sets the scene so well and it puts um, things in quite stark terms. She said that Scotland has a maths problem. Too many of us are happy to label ourselves as no good with numbers. This attitude is deep rooted and is holding our country back educationally and economically. So, um, so that was how she kind of started. So that's how she launched the report. I mean, in terms of the impact that it's had, it was responsible for the creation of um, Maths Week Scotland, um, and there were other calls within it. Um, it wanted entry requirements for teaching to include um, a higher maths qualification as opposed to a qualification that was, you know, sort of national fiver equivalent. That would have put maths on a par with English, you know, in order to get onto a teaching course, you have to have at least a um, higher or equivalent um, in English. But that actually didn't happen. You know, it's still the case that um, you don't need to have such a high level of qualification in maths to get onto a teaching course as you have to have in English. Um, and then it also covered for more maths coverage um, on primary initial teacher education programmes. 
and um, more high quality CPD for teachers. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the idea behind Maths Week Scotland was this idea of, you know, sort of making um, maths fun and accessible and trying to change attitudes. So this, that aspect of the report, you know, you could consider to be quite successful. Maths Week Scotland, you know, so I think it came, like the report was 2016, Maths Week Scotland was held for the first time in 2017 and it still continues to be, you know, sort of an event that schools focus in on in Scotland. So it has endured. Um, in terms of the other calls in the report, um, it's just a little bit harder to measure whether or mm -hmm. not you know, do we have high quality CPD and mass for teachers? Well, presumably it's like so many things. It's something of a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. It depends on the local authority. It depends on the school. And the same with, you know, sort of the quality of coverage of mass for primary um, teachers who are, you know, sort of undergoing their initial teacher education. Presumably it depends on the, the institution that they're attending, which university that they're going to and the programme that they're undertaking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like you say, you can see some tangible things that have happened since then, but in terms of cultural attitudes to 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 maths, uh, it might be uh, a while longer before we can really tell what's changed there. Certainly um, something that really stuck with me, I can't remember who said it, but someone pointed out a few years ago that it's socially acceptable to say, oh, you throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, I'm rubbish at numbers, I'm rubbish with maths, um, in a way that you'd never say just boldly declare I'm rubbish with letters or I'm, you know, I'm rubbish at reading. You know, it's not, there's a, there's a sort of a stigma attached to that. I'm not saying there should be a stigma attached to being bad at maths, but it's interesting that it's people quite openly declare that in a way that they wouldn't about. Yeah. Literacy. And that's what Maureen yeah. essentially was getting mm. at in her introduction to the report was that that is an attitude that we, that we need to change that being at one with being no good yeah. with number, yeah. you know, is something that we should be, uh, you know, sort of aspiring to change. Um, but the extent to which that's, you know, that's been successful and the extent to which the making maths count report had an impact and its recommendations mm. had an impact. It's just so hard to measure. Mm -hmm. So, so getting on to what the, the piece is sort of squarely about We've got this new-ish qualification, application of maths. Uh, that's the subject of your piece. Um, how long has it been around for? What you know? What are its origins, and and what does it actually entail? Okay, well, I mean, um, it, it replaced the life skills maths qualification. So, it, um, life skills maths was rebranded, and um, national five applications of mathematics mathematics was sat for the first time in twenty eighteen. I mean, essentially what it's about is um, trying to teach learners how to apply math skills and techniques in everyday um, situations. And so teachers say, you know, this, uh, you know, to do with, you know, sort of finance, to do with knowing the difference between what, what net income is and what gross income is, to do with being able to work out probability, being able to work out percentages. Um, and teachers essentially say that it allows those students who struggle with the likes of algebra or trigonometry to avoid those aspects of maths and maybe concentrate on the things that, you know, that you're maybe, that you're more, the skills you're more likely to use in your day-to-day -day life, essentially. And you mentioned life skills math, so, so it, that was a, a, a qualification that came before it essentially replaced that and you said it was a rebrand. I mean, was there more to it than a rebrand? Was it just a change of name or is there anything more fundamentally different about it? I think that the question paper um, also changed. Um, there was a kind of bit of an opinion that some of the questions are a bit too wordy and they might have been a bit more of a test of the student's ability to, 
you know, sort of read the question or their literacy skills as opposed to their mathematics skills, you know, that the literacy was a hurdle that they had to get over before they got to the maths kind of thing. So um, so the, the question paper changed, but the content of the actual course um, didn't change. So it, it really was a rebrand. I think that that's fair. But then um, we had the higher applications of mathematics and that was introduced for the first time last year. So 2021, mm. 22 sat for the first time, you know, the exam diet that, you know, sort of has just passed. Um, so so that 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 higher is a brand new qualification. But when it came to the National Five, that was, I think it's fair to say that that was more of a rebrand than anything okay. else. And the National Five has been going for how long did, did you say? So that was sat for the first time in 2018. 2018. And do you read much into the, it's quite interesting, the, obviously you said there's more to it than just a simple rebrand and a new name, but it's quite interesting that the name change, life skills, maths to application of applications of maths. What do you read into that? What are the, what's the message that, that, that someone's trying to transmit with that change of name, do you think? <laughs> um, I, I guess that they're trying to tell people that this is the kind of, this is going to develop your skills that you need for day-to-day -day life. You know, so one of the things that I've been hearing wasn't really covered or isn't really covered in the National Five Mathematics course is statistics. And so um, somebody was making the point to me that during the pandemic, we were you know, sort of presented with all of these numbers, you know, we were looking at graphs, we were, you know, sort of, and, and, and that was a good example of why we needed to be able to have a decent gra grasp of mm -hmm. how to interpret data and the and the importance of that at that time for our day-to-day -day lives could it could hardly have been more significant mm -hmm. and so you know so that so that so this qualification is about giving pupils the tools that mm -hmm. they need and allowing them to take their maths to a higher level but whilst also perhaps avoiding the aspects of maths that maybe would have tripped them up if they were taking a more traditional qualification. Yeah, my reading of it is that uh, I wonder if they're trying to make it appear with the name application of applications of maths, if they're trying to make it appear weightier than maybe life skills maths suggests that, uh, that maybe there was a fear of a uh, perception um, of life skills math being a sort of lower you know, sub, lower subject, I'm not saying there's any credence to that, but that that's what might, you know, how it might be interpreted, whereas applications of math sounds, uh, uh, as I say, maybe, maybe it sounds a bit more weighty and a bit more on a par with the, the, the main maths qualifications that, that we have in, in the score system. Anyway, just, just an aside, just a thought, but I mean, I, I know it's been, uh, uptake has been for the national, obviously the higher qualification is, is new, but the national five qualification has been around a few years, as you said. And uh, it's really quite striking how the, the rise and the popularity of that uh, qualification at National 5 level. Can you just quantify that for us a bit and, and tell us a yeah, little yeah, bit about sure, what, sure. what reasons are being suggested for that rise in popularity? Okay, so um, in terms of the entries for N5 applications of mathematics, we've seen them rise sharply. So they went from around 2,500 in 2018. And when it was life skills, maths, the previous year, entries were hovering around that similar kind of level, that 2,500 level. And then um, by the time pupils were being entered for their qualifications um, last year, we see that rise to over 14,000. So you're talking about going from 2,500 to over 14,000 in 2022. Um, 
And, it, you know, and it's, it, it's interesting the way that it's, you know, sort of impacted on the entries for math qualifications overall. So if you look at mathematics, uh, National 5, and if you look at applications of mathematics, you see that the total entries for these mass qualifications um, have risen to, uh, there's been an increase of roughly 20%, basically, mm -hmm. um, when numbers in the senior phase of secondary were rising, but only by around about 8%. So, so you know, so on the surface, it looks like um, our mass qualifications, that we're, we're, we're getting much more, you know, sort of interaction with mass qualifications, that things are absolutely moving in the right direction. Um, but there are some caveats. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's interesting. So it's not just a case of uh, people are migrating from uh, the traditional, if we, call it, if we want to call it traditional maths qualification over to the life skills maths. There's an overall rise in people doing maths uh, at that level. So I should say that, you know, that looks on the surface like a, you know, a good news story, but um, you, you've just said that there are some caveats with that, maybe some health warnings. What, what, what are they? Well, I mean, it, is that, you know, the, the, if we're looking at entries um, as opposed to, you know, sort of individual students, then they can be entered for both National 5 Mathematics and National 5 Applications of Mathematics. So you've got this issue with dual entry and lots of schools are doing that now because essentially um, what they do is they take their very, you know, sort of high achieving, the high flyers, and they just enter them from for N5 applications of maths as well as N5 mathematics, which means that they essentially get two qualifications for the price of one. Um, or, so or I guess potentially it's it's a fallback qualification if they don't do so well in the as expected. Yeah, but these it, are in, the kids that are expected to mm, do well. Mm, you know, so these sure. are the the young people who you know they're 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 predicted to attain but for, highly. But for those know, who so fall short for whatever reason, then maybe it's uh, it's just almost an insurance policy potentially. Um, well, I mean, you know, and absolutely mm. it could be, you know, so if we look at the figures for last year, 28% of the candidates mm. were entered for both um, National 5 Maths and National 5 application of uh, applications of mathematics. Mm. You know, so that's kind of, that's the health warning, mm. you know, is that, you know, sort of we're probably double count, we're double counting quite a lot yeah. of the same, you know, sort of students who are sitting both qualifications um, and, and who would have been expected to attain highly. So can we say with any confidence that... There are the, the 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 raw number of 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 students of people who are doing maths at national five level is higher than it would be without life skills maths, or is it just hard to tell? Not life skills maths. Sorry, to interrupt. I meant <laughs> sorry, I that, that's the old one. On Appli applications <laughs> of maths. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> so we're only talking about twenty eight percent of the candidates who are entered for both of the qualifications. So obviously that leaves you with a good seventy percent who, um, mm. you know, sort of. Uh, are undertaking just, you know, sort of, um, you know, just application of maths. So, so that's interesting. And so some of the teachers we spoke to were talking about entering their high flyers and doing this, you know, sort of route where they could thereby earn the school and the candidate, you know, sort of higher attainment at National 5. You know, you get another National 5 qualification, but there are other schools that are also using it in, um, to for the the young people if they're not if, if it's looking like they're not going to be on track for a national five and the national five mathematics and that otherwise they would get national four that they can be moved to an applications of mathematics pathway and they still have a chance of achieving national you know achieving at national five level mm -hmm. so you know we spoke to one teacher who um was was doing that with the um you know with the, the lower attaining pupils and actually was finding that um, a good number of them were actually coming away with a National mm. 5 qualification who otherwise wouldn't have mm. got one. 
So it, it seems, some people might think it seems like a common sense approach. We've got this, uh, we've had an issue with maths and perception of maths. Here's another route that people can achieve uh, with maths at a high level. Um, it leads to more people doing maths. It makes it clear maybe to some people how maths can be applied um, beyond the, the school gates. But what's quite interesting is that that, that apparently common sense approach is uh, almost the opposite is happening elsewhere in the UK. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so um, so Wales um, introduced its new curriculum um, in September of this year into its primary schools and into the first year of secondary and uh, about half of secondary schools. And in order that um, they have qualifications, this will all ring a bell with um, Scottish teachers, in order that they have qualifications that chime with the new curriculum, the qualifications are also being reformed. So Wales is looking at how it might change its GCSE qualifications. And one of the proposals is to create a new combined GCSE maths and numeracy qualification to replace the two existing GCSEs in maths and mathematics numeracy. So they're basically going in the opposite way. So they've had two qualifications since 2015 and now they're looking at combining them and the rationale for the change there is that there is significant overlap between the two qualifications and that they, that and that having two qualifications created an artificial divide and also led to overassessment of pupils um mm. so it is really interesting it shows that there's no such thing as a new idea under the sun <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah so just come back to Scotland that we're, we're going through a period of education reform. What might that mean for maths? So, I mean, so we've been to obviously talking about the changes that this new course um, has you know, sort of introduced and the, and the other opportunities now that, that kids have to continue with maths and now to continue with maths to higher level, those who might have, you know, kind of dropped it like a hot potato if they had, you know, sort of taken it as far as National 5, they might have considered enough was enough. But now there is also this applications of mathematics pathway at higher that they might be able to engage with. But I mean, whilst most people seem to really welcome, uh, you know, most math teachers seem to really welcome this, you know, sort of extra choice, there's also, you know, an opinion that there could just be an awful lot more um, fundamental reform of the way that maths qualifications work in Scotland. So it just maths is one of very few subjects that has no coursework whatsoever. So um, although that's not the case for applications of mathematics, so quite interestingly, although there's no coursework for um, N5 mathematics or higher mathematics, there actually is a piece of coursework for applications of mathematics at, at higher. That's a project that counts for 27% of the final mark. And essentially what it means for your pure mathematics qualifications is that everything rests on the exam. And so there's a school of thought that it would be, um, it would be good to change that. And one of the things that Maureen McKenna, um, who we mentioned earlier, was raising is that consistently around 75% of pupils have achieved, you know, an A to Z path. At higher maths that's <laughs> prior to the pandemic but then during the pandemic the those who were managing to um achieve that a to c pass rose to over 80 percent and she's really asking questions about you know whether or not everything should rest on that one day in may and whether or not it would be better to have some more teacher assessment and that if the qualification was assessed a bit differently 
might the pupils sitting it attain a bit differently and attain more highly as we saw um, in the years where it was the teachers who were responsible for grading the pupils. And unlike a lot of people who would maybe say that the teachers were just overly generous, um, she really firmly believes that that the um, increase in the pass rate was due to the teachers having this much more rounded view of the performance of the kids, especially she makes the case for in 2021. Obviously in 2020, it was a real rush with schools closing in the March to try and put in place a way of assessing um, students that was satisfactory. But then in 2021, there was more of a build up and we had a bit more time and we knew that the exams were going to be cancelled for longer. And um, and so she's really sort of saying that moderation, you know, had been put in place and teachers and schools worked really hard on that. So the fact that more kids are passing, she sees that as being significant and she really feels it's something that should be considered by the Hayward Review, which is the independent review of the assessment and qualifications, which is ongoing at the moment and due to report next year. That's great. Thanks, Emma. We'll definitely be keeping track of the progress of application of maths and maths more generally in the years ahead. You can read the full piece at tes.com forward slash magazine and remember to subscribe to the Tescom podcast on the podcast platform of your choice and we'll have a new episode in November.